0: and now for your listening
1: pleasure here's polizzi and rose covering the week of media marketing and digital content news this old marketing take it away boys Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 308 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, January 27th, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who definitely didn't get caught on a hot mic calling a Fox reporter an SOB, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you? And he had to go
0: back and apologize, it's Ridiculous.
1: Too. Ridiculous. Which...
0: Yeah, it's the whole the whole thing is. But, you know, that's why I would never want to be a politician. You can't win. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You can't win. Who who would want to
1: be a politician today? You you know how much you have to give up? Not me, boy. Not me. I I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how, you know, I mean, there is we're in such a place now where it's you, you the, it's it's literally a Kobayashi Maru. You can't win, right? You just you know i mean even looking at something that would be as you know you would think unifying as you know russia and and the whole you know ukraine thing right you know yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so funny to watch these politicians now sort of Because this is something that, generally speaking, everybody would be like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, yes, we are unified on this. This is what we believe, blah, blah, blah. And I was watching the news shows uh, over the weekend, and, you know, there were the Democrats saying their thing and the Republicans saying their thing. And both of them sort of stumbling over themselves to try and not say something nice about the other, but still saying that we support the thing. It's like it was just... It was it was just awkward and cringy just to watch. Have them you ever sort of watched? Say, have you ever watched the movie uh, Vice? About which one?
0: V- the movie Vice about Vice President Cheney. Dick oh Cheney. yeah. Have you ever yeah, seen yeah, that, yeah. Movie? I, like, that movie? It's like it runs like a documentary yeah. almost. Yeah. There's a portion in this. I can't remember who exactly said it, but they were talking about the fact that the the way to win popularity and to bring the an entire country together, is to declare war against a known enemy then nobody cares right there's none of these right. nuances right. everyone's on the same page you get 95 percent approval rate and, and it, it's just interesting it's like uh, that's the really the only thing that brings a, couple, a country together and everything else is everybody split on almost right. every issue there's only i just i don't know why that made me think of that but it's like you just can't win
1: you can't you can't win these days and that's the you know it's like you're so divided that you know even showing some you know openness to the other side all it does is position you for being called weak by your side right and this is both left and right by the way you know what i mean it's like yeah you know it, it's it's it, it's you know if you if you show a little bit of sympathy toward whatever the right view is all of a sudden you're, you know, you're a trader, you know, and then if you show a little bit of sympathy and or openness to the left, then you're, you know, a communist, you know, it's like, it, well, it, it, I, well, I don't think about it here.
0: Think about it this, but th- think about this way. Cause let's bring this back to, to content creation and content marketing. Yeah, please. The more, <laughs> the more, the more, the more you differentiate yourself. So the more you're out on the edges, the more popular those people are. When you come together and you want to be, you know, be of the people, those people don't last very long. It's very well, hard to, point. to. Yes, it's it's very hard to please everyone. And I was on a, uh, a, a podcast, uh, event this morning, and we were talking about events, and we were talking about if you're going to be successful at an event, you have to make sure that you have a group of people that you don't please. It's a really good way to look at it. I mean, I think Anne Hanley's talked about this forever when she says, in your writing, you want to make sure you know who your customer is not or who you are not writing to. Sure. Because then you're writing to someone. So, I mean, this it's, it almost works the same way. So I always yeah. think about that when I do anything and say, okay, who's not going to come to this event or who's not going to listen to this because I want to make sure that I upset those people or, I, or I'm or i not for those people because I want to make it really, really relevant for my niche audience so that just i don't know why that came to well mind, i think I that's think it's a, very I think, relevant
1: no it's a good point and you know what works in you know what works in marketing and branding that that level of differentiation is you know i mean look it, th- i mean and there are shades here right i mean this is not a black and white issue um because there are there are shades of gray here when you start to think about where you're tr- you know i mean we often talk about in you know in our old uh, master class and 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 in my you know my content marketing class is that you know in order to be right for someone you have to be willing to be wrong for someone else. That's right. And yeah. so, but that in my view, that willingness is the key. It's not that you go out of your way to be wrong for someone else. It's that you have to be willing to stand up for what it is you believe and or take a position or a point of view on the world, not necessarily just to be controversial or just to be, um, you know, on one side of the scale or the other, but rather to, to, uh, you know, to make sure that those that might disagree, that you, you know, that you're not being wishy-washy about it, right? So it's less about which side of the spectrum you fall on and rather saying, wherever you fall on the spectrum, be willing to live and die by the fact that other people won't be there. That's It's exactly. the willingness to be there, not necessarily like, oh, in order to be differentiated, I have to be you know either you know, <laughs> I have to be either Fox or MSNBC. Yeah, you don't have you know. to be the shock jock. That's right. are There are, you there are points be. in the middle that you you know, and in fact, you could argue that differentiating these days would be actually positioning yourself right in the middle, you know in, in, in terms of politics. You know, it's you know there are certain politicians that are certainly trying to do that. They're doing, I believe, a ham-fisted you know job of it. But you know, there are there are some politicians that are actually starting to say, well, we're gonna I'm gonna position myself right in the middle, right smack dab in the middle because nobody's there." Yeah, and there's actually interestingly, I was listening to um, uh, Kara Swisher and uh, Scott Galloway's podcast, um, and apparently there's a new network. Um, among all of the other networks that are being planned here for the, you know, podcasts and, you know, social networks, et cetera, that are Mm -hmm. going to get launched on the political spectrum, there is a new one getting launched um, that is going to position itself as being, you know, distinctly in the middle, as she said. Isn't
0: that what CNN tries to do, though? Even though I think a lot of uh, people on the right side would say that they lean left,
1: but... I think, no, I think, in fact, you know... Uh, and Galloway, who's part of that new CNN subscription-based service, right. I think. I think he's. I think they're taking a more left-of-center position. I don't know if it's totally center. I mean, they may have a different perspective about their. That's own just, brand, I'll tell you but,
0: what. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll predict this right now.
1: Won't be successful.
0: I agree. Won't be successful. I, it, it's a that, that's. It's just too difficult to be in the middle. I I would not want to be there with anything. From trying to build an audience, yeah, right now just it is to, for sure challenging. Yeah. Here's here's yeah. an important question for you: uh, Have you listened to the um, what's the song called? You don't talk about Bruno.
1: Have you listened to this? I, I've seen it like populate my social feed, but I have not. I I I I, I don't know. So anything I just heard about, about this.
0: this. I just heard about this last week, and then I was on this event today, and they were talking about it. Like, and and these are people my age talking about it. So I'm like, well, what the heck happened? So, for those people that don't know, including you, me. don't talk about Bruno is a song from the movie. I think it's called Encanto. Is that yeah, correct?
1: That's from that. That so, I know.
0: Okay, and it is a. I mean, you know, I'm a. i am I love. I have a man crush on Lin Manuel Miranda. Sure, absolutely love the guy, and wrote wrote the song, and. Apparently, it has gone super, super viral on TikTok, and now it's the number one or the number two song in all of the world or something because something happened on TikTok and just drove it crazy. Okay. I've listened to the song. It's a, it's a nice song. It's a nice song for a Disney movie. Is it? And they're saying it's like breaking uh, Let It Go but, and Frozen and those types of things. It's that it's that big now. I just listened to it. And I'm like, wow, it's not as catchy as I thought it was going to be. But you know what? I just right. didn't know if you listened to it or not, and had it because you're a musician and had. Well, a take I have
1: on seen. The, I I've seen the movie um, and enjoyed the movie very much. Um, didn't remember. So this goes to show you, I didn't remember that song in particular. And I mean, I, you know, when I saw it hit my social feed, I was like, oh yeah, that song from that movie. Yeah, I remember that. I don't, eh. you know, and I have listened to the song. I did not know anything about what you're talking about, this viral trend of it on TikTok. Now I'm going to go find out. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go look at it.
0: Listen it's, to it. It really is amazing what TikTok has done for the music industry. Oh my gosh. Because it's, you it's see, incredible, if you yeah. can get, if you get your song, like Lil Nas X, He's done a great job of this. And I don't i don't know if he does it or he has people working on it, but you get people that will do a dance or do something to a particular song and
1: it'll just, it just blows up. Well, and the other one is, get... is is stand-up comics. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of the, you know, and maybe this is my algorithm at work here on TikTok, but what I see is a lot of uh, people doing the bits of stand-up comics and you know, and they're lip syncing to it, obviously. But but those, it's like, oh wow, that's fascinating to me that that this is where we are now, right? Where where you know, and for whatever reason, it's usually women as opposed to men. Don't know why, and women doing men comics again, don't know why. Um, but they're, I mean, they're funny bits because they're stand up comic bits. But it's just fascinating to me that this has become sort of the the way that we experience stand-up comedy now especially on tiktok it's just fascinating
0: well we'll talk about this a little bit but that that's yeah. the the value from a content creation standpoint the value of these networks is marketing of course not it's not, monetize, not the yeah. mon- it's content marketing right it's not to monetize yeah. directly it's to to uh you know build those audiences those platforms and then they go get your stuff and they go buy <laughs> yeah, your thing
1: exactly so, yes
0: anyways all That's right. right. What do we got a we got a show well, planned. Today? We do
1: have a show planned. We've got a wonderful show planned. And see what we did there. We didn't even talk about football, and it's the it's the it's the National Conference Championships this weekend, and we didn't even talk about that. Nor did we talk about the fact that the last weekend was the most amazing NFL weekend probably in the history of the NFL with the four games. Really, all of them coming down to a last second play. It's you know, I mean, the we didn't talk about that. The fix is in. <laughs> the fix is in. Uh, the fix is in. Says the Browns because our Cowboys fan. and Browns aren't in.
0: I don't want to talk about it. No, you're you're yeah. right, uh, and I feel very sorry for for Bills fans. Yeah,
1: they were because uh, they deserved uh, to win. In my that's opinion. correct. But that's you know, correct.
0: congratulations. Do we have a lot of fans, listeners Absolutely. in Kansas City?
1: Congratulations
0: yeah. to you, Kansas as well. City, and then, and, and then our our friends, my friends in Ohio and Cincinnati. I'm 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 very happy, even though. Joe I want Burrow. most of my AFC North divisional rivals to suffer great pain. I am happy that Cincinnati has made it back after a long drought. So good Oh, for see. Them.
1: I'm, I'm I'm hoping for a Bengals Rams. I'm hoping for a Bengals Rams. So we'll have I we'll have that. some fun with that.
0: I I would take that I, I'm ai mean yeah. I'm a Stafford
1: Homer right now just the quarterback. Oh Stafford for, Rams. for sure yeah Stafford that's he's I'm um, that's I mean he, that's why I want a Ram Super Bowls only because for Stafford because I don't think he's got many years left in him and but I think he's he's fantastic he's such
0: oh a great but but we talked about this on the last episode I can't I like Odell Be- Beckham Jr. Oh I know but what I the know. heck I know he I know. he catches everything in L A he literally he couldn't catch a cold in Cleveland. I mean, what? It was bad. You, you and I remember. I was at that game. I think it was uh, it was the Denver game or something like that. Uh, It's a Thursday night game. You were watching it on on television, and you texted me and said, "Obj is making your team worse," or whatever you texted me because he dropped three balls in a row. He's catching everything in LA. Like I know what the heck.
1: It's like but my he old friend. A I
0: had Dope Punk, so I do like it for that. So whatever.
1: Yeah, my my old uh, my my good friend Mike Weiss used to say something that I loved, um, that I have uh, used a lot in the past, which is I'd rather make a zero on a test than a fifty-five, because a fifty-five means I tried. <laughs> 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 and that's kind of Odell, right? You know. It's like, you know, he 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 was going to score zero in Cleveland because anything else would have meant he would he, he would be seen as trying. Anyway. I, I All right, we've understand. got a great show. Yeah. We've got a great show um, uh, lined up here. We're going to talk a little bit about Neil Young and how he won't keep rocking on Spotify's world. Um, And uh, we're going to talk about influencers or creators or crefluencers or inflationists or whatever the hell they're called these days. Uh, Everybody from McDonald's to Trump to all of marketing looking at these folks, uh, even as some get banned. Um, We'll talk a little bit about Tom Brady's new company. Even though the dreamy quarterback is not in this year's Super Bowl, he's still got 170 70 million reasons to be happy and if there's time we'll talk a little bit about Instagram's new uh, program of launching a subscription service. Does it matter? Is it different? Do we care? We don't know. Let's find out. Um, I'm going to rant a little bit about Google uh, and saying get the flock out of here uh, and their targeted advertising and Joe's going to talk about Andy Weir's new book Hail Mary and I'm throwing out a big bet that he liked it. So um, (laughs) there you go. That's
0: our show. Absolutely. Uh, I love these. Yeah. I wonder if people appreciate your little overviews now. I certainly I do. So. Yeah, I do. I hope it so. I do. It helps me because, I, as, yeah. as everyone knows, I don't really prepare for the show. So the that's fact right. that you go through what we're going to talk about is very helpful for me as a co-host.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, that's all I'm here to do, buddy, is serve you. As long as I'm You're serving just... you, then it's then it's all good. Uh, Let's move on to our first story here. And of course, it is from uh, our friends at Spotify. And this coming courtesy of the Wall Street Journal, uh, where we'll link in the show notes, of course, Spotify actually takes down Neil Young's music after his Joe Rogan ultimatum. Uh, The article opens up by saying, Spotify has removed Neil Young's music, the company confirmed Wednesday, as the folk rock star isn't wavering in his objection to Joe Rogan's podcast. The Heart of Gold and Harvest Moon singer earlier this week penned an open letter to his manager and label from the service saying, A, we're spreading fake information around COVID-19 vaccines, though Mr. Rogan's show they have Rogan or Young, not both, he wrote. Um, and they basically, Spotify, made a statement saying, We regret Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. Um, and they did it. They took it down. So... Uh, what say you, Mr. man, uh, about all of this and 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 your take on a content creator Neil Young and Spotify?
0: yes does um, anybody care qu- yeah'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this question out there. Do you think that anyone in Spotify cared about this?
1: No and I, I don't and I'll, think I'll I think, I think people walked around Spotify hallways. Or virtual hallways these days, and basically said, "Who's this old man, and what did he yeah. do? What you know? Who, who is wh- that? Yeah. yeah. What,
0: what what's what's going on there?" Um, so first of all, just a couple things about, when you. This is not a big deal for Neil Young to do. I, I actually commend Neither. any right. creator, exactly. commend any creator for taking a stand of anything that they believe. I I'm behind what Neil Young did. But you gotta remember, this is not a lot of money to Neil Young. This is marketing for Neil Young. Just what we were talking about before. It's the same yep. thing. It's a great chat. So so people can listen. Like, hey, what's that? Oh, that's Neil Young. Oh, that's great. I wanna, I wanna go. I mean, I, I loved Neil Young as part of Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. That's how I first got introduced to, to Neil Young. So I'm totally into that. But again, only marketing and not a lot of money, especially when it's split up between four or five different ways. What does Neil Young get? A couple dollars at the end of the day. But for Spotify, who's got a hundred million dollars plus into Joe Rogan, that's like Sirius yeah, XM. Exactly. Remember, remember when Sirius XM or Sirius, I think at the time, signed Howard Stern, right? And there were all kinds of people that said, "Oh, there's other creators on Sirius' platform; they're going to leave." Whatever Sirius XM said, I don't care. You can all leave because we're putting we're putting everything behind the Howard Stern bus, and you know what? It worked pretty darn well for them. And Spotify is yeah. doing the same thing with Joe Rogan. And again, not a middle player on the outskirts. Those are the ones that, that get people listening and you get that loyalty. So like it or not, you know, what are you going to do? Neil Young? Yeah. is off of Spotify. There you go. Yeah. And Garth, yeah by yeah, the this way, decision- Garth Brooks has never been on Apple.
1: So, right. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Whatever. What do you think? The Beatles, the Beatles weren't on Apple for a long time. Um, for a long, long time. You know, it's, it, yeah. it it, it, it's it's interesting that uh you know i mean this decision at spotify i imagine took about point zero 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 nine seconds to make it's like it, it this was not even a decision you know about ooh this is this is really interesting you know should we make this decision or they went okay fine bye <laughs> see you yep. later um and by the way the, you know uh, they make that decision fine. And Neil Young, I I have to imagine, never, ever, ever, ever expected them to make any other decision. Like this was for him, you know, I mean, look, the cynical might say this is a marketing ploy by him to get some publicity for his song catalog. So that interest in Neil Young's music actually emerges. I don't think it is. I think this is Neil being Neil. Um, And I think he's earnest in his, in his, you know, his, his move. So, Really, it becomes good for both of them, right? Good, but know, I think it's, I it's,
0: think as a content creator, you have your decision. Yeah, of course. Which platforms yeah. you want to dis- distribute on? Right. So we, you know, you could say I don't want to be on Facebook anymore. I don't want to be on Twitter. You could absolutely do all those absolutely things. yes, Great. exactly. You don't have if you're a podcaster, you don't have to publish to Spotify or Apple yep. or anything. You could publish just your own website or your own app. Yeah. So this is the great thing about content creators. So good for for Neil Young and 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 by the way, Rogan made the decision to take off so you I mean I used to listen to him a long time ago on on Apple um through through the Stitcher app and now I can't do that anymore. Right. So whatever. But choices on all all ends, which I think choice there's nothing wrong with choice. I don't like misinformation, but I like the fact that there's more choice for everyone.
1: Well, and that gets us to you know something else we can link into the show notes because it you know a sort of corollary, um, not directly related to this story, but certainly a story that's hitting and breaking news. Um, even as we record this, is yet again, uh, and this time it's YouTube um, is banning someone is basically kicking someone off the platform. For their controversial views, right? So for their for their views about a particular so it's working both ways, right? So there's, you know, there's sort of like creators leaving platforms based on the actions of the platform. And then there are platforms that are kicking off creators based on the actions of the creator. This time, and we'll link. What we'll link to is a uh, Yahoo actual article uh, where YouTube, (laughs) the Fox News host. (laughs) This is funny how you said that. An (laughs) actual article from, you know, I mean, you know, it's yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Go ahead. Nothing more to rant on. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah. Um, the Fox News host uh, Dan Bongino, who I don't know from anyone, um, basically has been banned from uh, YouTube for uh, apparently evading suspension. The article says Fox News host Dan Bongino is no longer welcome on YouTube, said the company. Uh, Bongino is now permanently banned from his video platform after he attempted to evade a prior suspension related to COVID-19 misinformation. The conservative commentator apparently published a video on his main channel while another channel was suspended, thereby violating YouTube's terms of service. I'm not really sure. How that works, right? If you've got two channels and one of them gets suspended and the other one didn't, can't you then publish on your secondary ch- anyway? I don't. Yeah, I don't exactly. Really I didn't get that understand either. Understand yeah, all he's, that? I think but he's got a
0: business. He's got like the podcast business channel and then the pers- his personal channel. I think is right. the way.
1: So basically, yeah. It, so it's a little bit like how uh, when Trump got banned from Twitter, they they banned his personal account, but the POTUS account stayed okay. Yeah. Um and so I guess that's the the a similar type of thing here but it but this is even a little different than that. Anyway, it it sort of relates to what you were just talking about, right? Because it, the the weirdness here is is that both creators, marketers, communicators, brands are available to say no to the platforms, but the platforms are increasingly saying no to the brands. Um which I it's it's a it's a fascinating time, right, to be Sort of sorting all this out where we sort of sit in the spectrum.
0: It's it's crazy. I don't think, for example, when when Facebook or YouTube started, I don't think they ever thought that they would be getting be media arbitrators, you know, to decide this content stays, this t- content goes. But this is clearly where we're at. And
1: I don't even know how it's going to shake out. Well, they fought for happened. this in Congress. They fought for this in Congress. You know, the whole being able to be a platform thing where they didn't have to do that. Right. That was the whole thing of the 1996 um, uh, act where that that started to say these things were platforms, not, you know, um, not, uh, you know, not different time then. Yeah. It was definitely a different time. I don't think
0: anybody knew what they were voting on at that time. It it would become this because the platforms have way too much power and. Oh jeez, it's 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 not that I disagree. It's like I'm not a Bongino fan, so it's hard for me. I'm like, great, you know, I don't want his, I don't want any misinformation out either. But I, again, I think everyone has a right. If YouTube's an open platform, then you should be able to communicate. So I'm torn. I'm told I don't even know what the right decision. I mean, you can't go and if there, and I don't know what kind of misinformation. I don't even know if it is or not. But let's just say it, it doesn't was. Doesn't matter.
1: It does. It actually doesn't matter.
0: That's right. YouTube is making a decision that they don't like this content and you're done. That's right. And Facebook yep. and Instagram and TikTok and every other platform can make that decision. And we're beholden to it as creators. There's nothing we can do about it.
1: That's right. That's right. And, so. and, 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 and and it goes both ways, right? It goes both ways to the creator, right? Because, you know, and what we've seen with Neil Young is saying, hey, listen, I don't want to be on this. I don't want to be on your platform anymore. Now the interesting thing to me is when you start to think about that for a minute like you look at so YouTube versus Spotify right and the differences in, in there because Spotify is 100 well not 100% but largely let's say 95% of its content is you know curated let's say you know in, in other words you know you're not putting up just anything you want on Spotify, right? You're not putting up, you know, I can't upload a copy of Neil Young's Harvest Moon up to Spotify and expect to get monetized on it, unlike a YouTube where I can do exactly that, right? And so for a while until I get caught and yada yada. So the interesting thing is, is that, for example, Neil Young... If let's say YouTube did something like this and YouTube obviously does have this Dan Bongino guy, you know, which is espousing similar ideas that Joe Rogan is 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 putting out there, Neil Young can't say I don't want my stuff on YouTube anymore. That's just not going to fly. You know, he can say that, but it ain't going to happen. His stuff will still be available, you know. Like you can go today and search for Neil Young songs all over YouTube and find
0: them. Yeah, so it is it, a little bit different. You're right. You'd find it, and because a thousand people have up- uploaded them, exactly. It's like they, you can't you you can't manage that kind of user generated content.
1: That's right. Even Prince tried to do that, right? So back in the day, Prince tried to say, "I don't want any of my stuff on YouTube," and 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 tried to get it all taken off, and it just doesn't work, right? It's the you know, that's the internet. And so it you start to ask hard questions, like what's the difference between Spotify and YouTube when it comes to becoming a media company? And, you know, and then it starts to bleed into Facebook and Instagram and, you know, everything where there's user generated content. Because by the way, Spotify has user generated content too. Yeah. You know, you can put up your own original music and your own albums and monetize them and do all the things that you want to do um, to an extent. But you know where are those lines to be drawn and how do you draw those lines and I think honestly my take is is that it, they are going to need to be drawn they' they you know you, th- you think are, regulations need to happen something uh, some kind of regulations you know some of the things that I've heard are uh you know are akin to some of the things that uh you know that that they held you know some of the environmental laws you know it's where Big uh, chemical companies and those kinds of companies were held liable for some of the actions that they took to the environment. And it just basically so it was more cost effective for them to take preventative measures than it was to actually pay the fines. And I think that those kinds of regulatory types of things could be coming right for mental health, for factual information, for those kinds of things to say. Yeah, where you can put whatever you up want up, and you can make those decisions yourself. But you're going to be liable for what happens after that, right? So, whether that's you know, the, and and I I just think that's going to be there has to be something that starts to put our arms around this, you know, be, because otherwise we're gonna you know it 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 doesn't go anywhere good. Let's put it that way.
0: It, it's probably. I think you're probably right, and it, it's it's. I mean, if you look. If you look at any major media company right now, they've got an editorial review, pe- multiple people in charge of editorial review, fact checking, right? Yep. What what the, the difference is between so let's say the New York Times and they're held to a standard, that, right? There's a standard they're yeah, like held to. Okay, yeah. we can't publish this right now. We have to have somebody review it and make sure it's right. That doesn't happen right now for the most part on Facebook and and YouTube and whatever. I can publish something on YouTube and in, as soon as it's uploaded. In 30 seconds, it'll render and it's up. That's right. That's that's going to have to stop this, we need instantaneous content. And something, it'll probably be artificial intelligence. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's going to have to review all this content. That's that's where you're going to get to. You're going you're to miss out on a few seconds of, I need it instantly or I need to get it up right now to say we need to have review. And I'll give you an example. I was playing with... Um, Twitter's review newsletter service, trying to figure out what they're doing. And it's interesting. If you upload a list to Twitter review, they want some information and they want to review that list and make sure that you that list is a proper list that you have opt in permission. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I can't send my newsletter out right now because Twitter reviews team wants to look at that list to make sure I don't spam somebody. Right, I think that kind of thing has to happen with these social media platforms. Yep. How and on what scale? I have no idea because it's going to be unbelievably large undertaking. But
1: it has yeah. to happen. It it will have it it will have to happen. Exactly is exactly right. And I think you're going to start to see, you know, speaking of differentiation on the spectrum, I think you're going to start to see. Twitter might be a, an example of this, where you start moving into, you know, because one social network we never talk about with this kind of issue is LinkedIn, right? And the reason is is because there's such an identity uh, process to go through to, you know, as you get on LinkedIn, right? So, you know, you you, you can't really be anonymous on LinkedIn. I mean, you can be if you really try, but very but difficult. it's it's sort it's of ca- ca- it's yeah it's very yeah, yeah it's counterproductive, right? You know, whereas on Twitter or Facebook, you know, you just launch a thing and you start go go go, um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see if some of this starts to you know I could see, for example, Twitter becoming a subscription service, right? Where identity becomes important, and once identity becomes important, that changes the whole tenor of the conversation.
0: That's actually very very true. I think that I mean yeah. it's, it's interesting. Let's say, for example, you want to buy crypto today. It, um, you you actually have to give a lot of information. You have to give your social absolutely you give, yeah. You have to like you have to be an actual person. You can't just go and buy and put it on some uh, some account. I think the same thing. You're right. There's multiple changes that can happen. That's another one. I need to be a known person with yeah. something that's verifiable that a platform can say. Okay, well you 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 are now responsible for the content right. that you upload. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Oh, so we're making all, right. all the changes. We, we've got we're, all the answers here. On they this just need to
1: come to this old marketing and we can if solve they only the world's problem. If they only they knew. knew. Yeah. If they only knew about us. Um, all right. Let's move on to our next story here so uh, that we can get through all this wonderful stuff. And the next thing we're going to talk a little bit about is influencers or creators or whatever the heck they're called we're going to group a bunch of links together here for you folks um and the first one is coming from podnews.net um and thanks to friend and family of the show ian truscott for for passing this along um and it basically is Lovin' it is the headline. McDonald's signs podcast deal with a former employee. Uh, a former McDonald's drive through cashier has signed a multi-year, multi-million dollar podcast deal with his former employer. Gary Koichi or Quashi? Quite, I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. Uh, the CEO of Pod Digital Media has partnered with McDonald's USA to help them reach a multicultural audience. So there's the first. The second will be about our former President Trump uh, and his new social network, who is behind the scenes... Uh, quietly courting a bunch of new influencers. Uh, This coming from Axios, which basically says, President Trump's elusive new social media network, Truth Social, which plans to go public, is reaching out to internet influencers, asking them to reserve their spots when it launches in February or March. Why does it matter? Well, because the outreach doesn't actually mention Trump's name or any affiliation to that. Some influencers suggest that it could be a ploy to enlist their support without realizing that affiliation. And the last one we'll link to is a Forbes article, which talks about the growth of the creator economy and what does it mean for influencers. And picked that a little bit because it has both words in it. Uh, The global influencer marketing market size has more than doubled since 2019. The market was valued at a record $13.8 billion. It seems impossible to open the marketing trades or scroll through LinkedIn without seeing an endless barrage of articles on influencer marketing and the creator economy. So how do we explain this sudden explosive growth, asks the article. Uh, The battle for consumer attention, solving two of marketing's greatest challenges, content keeping up with pace of culture, and personalizing content are some of the reasons they point out. But when we take all these things together, Mr. Polizzi, what do you say about marketers, influencers, creator economy, all of that?
0: Well, we can come back to some of the individual stories because I do have a take on it. But just to put some perspective on it, I had a conversation with a... Uh, fintech company two days ago and yeah they target influencers for payment um so if an influencer does a brand deal they um they have an app and you can you, they can use that app to get that payment and i was talking about they this person was talking about influencers and i was talking about content creators very two di- very different things his idea of an influencer is somebody on instagram that basically only generates revenue through brand deals not necessarily full-time but could be but definitely leveraging a social media platform and so that's that idea of influencer and i'm telling him about content creators and i'm saying oh content creators they want to build an audience to build enough of an audience that they can monetize in many ways these are bloggers and podcasters and and writers and youtubers and could be on instagram and all sorts of things but they monetize many different ways and we were like It was amazing how we were talking past each other, trying to, so are some content creators influencers? Yeah, I'm sure there are influencers, content creators. Well, yes, maybe, but maybe not our idea of being part of the creator economy. So there's a, it's interesting when you read these articles, we really don't know where they're coming from because most of the time, I don't know what you think, Robert, but when I read most of these articles about the creator economy, they are very specifically talking about influencers. It seems to be yeah. like, Oh, the Kardashian type influencer, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to, Oh, this is, this is a pitch and I'm going to promote this purse or I'm going to promote, you know, this line of, of whatever sports equipment, whatever you do. And that's how I'm making revenue from it. So it's just, it's getting really, really confusing out there, even from a messaging standpoint.
1: Sure. Well, even yeah. Yeah. Just the terminology itself. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, I think you differentiated very well when you launched Tilt, right? Which is that, you know, and, and you know, given, you know, everything else that could have happened, you know, it should have been the, you know, uh, content entrepreneur, you know, economy, right? You know, instead of the content creator economy, because you can argue that all influencers are content creators. But not all content creators want Here's to be influencers, influencers right? And, right? And and so the the idea of a content entrepreneur, which is someone who wants to build their own little small media company that may be monetized through subscriptions and not advertising, has no interest in being an influencer in any particular space. However, you can also argue that the ones that do are, right? You know, So the, I think the it all comes down to what does the the person, the creator in this particular case, how are they going to monetize what it is they do? Um, and some will do it through influencer marketing, through, will do it through being sponsored by and or you know, supported you know, through uh, benefactors who will, you know, who in return will get their quote unquote access to their audience. That's all it really is. Let's let's mm-hmm. I mean let's be honest. That's, you know, CNN is an influencer marketing platform. <laughs> you know, uh, so is the Wall Street Journal, so is the New York Times, so is Vogue, so is any publication that accepts advertising is an it, that's the entire you know, this is nothing new, folks, right? This is, this is, you know, advertising is influencer marketing. It is simply putting your message into a place that influences the opinion of an audience, and hopefully you get some of the benefit of being in that halo, and people go, oh, they're in vogue, oh, they're in the New York Times, oh, they're in there. Uh, they must be good, right? And so, at the end of the day, it's the, you know, nothing in the world has really changed except the level at which we operate. And so these, these you know, there's this old saying here in Hollywood, um, you know, do you want to be a star or do you want to be an actor? And a lot of, you know, a lot of people, the Kardashians included, want to be stars, right? They want to be famous. They want to be known for who they are. But then there are people who don't give a crap about being famous. They want to be rich and or they want to be artists and they, you know, they become actors and, you know, be damned if they actually become stars. But there's obviously an overlap in that Venn diagram of people who are great actors who are also stars. And so it's really just ultimately down to how you make how you make your money. What I find fascinating here is how brands are starting to now think about creating the stars, right? So the McDonald's thing in particular is fascinating to me. Exactly. Because you've got now people going, Oh, you're you know the, the you know now it's you know it used to be, you know the movie studios who would walk around to the drugstore counters and spot the new you know who's going to be the new star of whatever you know movie. Well, now it's the brands actually walking around going, you, you look great. You, we can mold you, we can build you, we can actually put our money behind you and build you as a star and an influencer. And that will be a very interesting thing to watch as, as time goes on.
0: You know, it's not all it's not all that different a departure from when Microsoft started Channel 9 20 years ago and they said, We, we you know, there's all this great engineering talent in Microsoft, but and somebody just took a camera around and started interviewing the engineers. That's what it was. Yes. It's this I mean, it's and they go back to Indian blogs and and, and Indium manufactures industrial soldering equipment back in two thousand five, two thousand six. They said, Oh, we got these great engineers and we should get them on the blogs and so basically they made quote unquote stars out of them because they they took their content and put it on the internet and now you're just getting to more video more personal but i you know do you I here's the well, question you're just
1: widening that circle you're, yeah you're widening that circle out right you're no longer looking at your executive you know this is something b2b companies have done forever is How do we get our quote unquote subject matter experts or our thought leaders and turn them into the personality of the company? Right, become let them become the face of our organization. Many times it's the CEO. Many times it's you know, and you know you know you get so so you end up with sort of the Steve Jobs or the you know um, you know. back in the day i'm forgetting her name the ceo of hp who then ran for office ah can't remember her name off the oh, top of my head but uh, anyway not not ebay right not no 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 it but doesn't yeah matter. But, you get, but you get but you get but uh, you get the elon musk as well right so you get these sort of superstar executives who you turn into sort of you know cultural heroes if you will entrepreneurs thought leaders all those kinds of things and it and this has been around forever And now what we're doing is widening out the circle to say, you know what, we can actually get some of our customers and or employees and or partners, and we can turn them into stars for us as well, and they'll become influencers to our brand or our product or our service.
0: Yeah, I mean, back, remember when Twitter just came out, and I think both Dell and IBM really worked hard on helping their employees. IBM I can think of specifically getting them set up on Twitter making sure they knew how to use it, making sure it's set up with their blog properly, all that kind of stuff so they can position themselves as experts. And yeah, they actually trained, right. did training, formal training on this. And I think that that's, I mean, you could, uh, there's a lot of companies that do that today as well. I mean, you can make a decision too. You could say part of our content marketing strategy is to have this influence. We're building influencers and partnering with other influencers. And, You might say, I'm just only gonna go and tell my own stories from a corporate perspective. I'm gonna do both or I'm just gonna focus on creating these influencers and having them tell our stories.
1: Yeah, that's right. You can
0: make a decision to do that today.
1: Yeah, it's all part of your portfolio, right? It's all part of your, your, your new marketing mix. And I just think what I think is so fascinating about all of this is how, you know, there's this jockeying for position You know, to your point, what you were talking about earlier, which is there's this jockeying for position underneath, where you know you're starting to see some of the same tension that grew up in certainly in the advertising model and journalism back way back in the day, and really forever, versus you know the actor versus star debate, you know back in back in the day, and all of these things that are sort of older tensions that have existed now are starting to exist at the creator level, which is, well, you know, how are you monetizing? You know what I mean? How are you actually going about your business? Are you trying to be an influencer and then the influencers like, what you know? Don't you dare look down your nose at me! I'm an in- yeah, I want to be an influencer. I want to I want to do that. And then the influencers are looking down their nose and saying, "What do you want to be a creator? You know, and, and you know, live on pennies for the rest of your life? You know, there's this fascinating tension that's growing at that level, that is interesting to watch.
0: It's it's going to be uh, it's going to get really crazy with this whole thing. Just a couple side notes before we move on with the the, the Trump social thing. Uh, I think that's going to be. I'm not a believer that that's going to work because there's so like Parler and a couple other. There's there's so much. There's I don't know what's going to differentiate a truth social network outside of Donald Trump's involvement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I think the the problem is is that there's no tension there. There's no you know the, the the problem with the story is there's no villain, you know. What are you going to do if you've got a bunch of people who all agree with each other, violently agree with each other on a social network? Where's the, you know, wh- where's the tension? You have Which is to why have. You know, Facebook works so well. You're right. Exactly, you had both right? sides. have you know, got. That's you've interesting. Got the arguments. Do you think
0: that's, do you think that's why uh, something like a parlor hasn't taken off like it should because everyone's basically singing the same tune?
1: Yeah, it's all. It's all. It's all basically. You know, it's the choir coming together and going, "Yay!" There's no audience right there's 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 zero audience for that everybody's a everybody's a player and you know when there's no you know when there's nobody in the audience that's going to disagree with you um or you know put up a noise or you know all those kinds of things it literally just becomes this you know inside baseball sort of discussion where everybody is like, yeah, we all agree. All right, well, let's move on about our lives. You know, the the way that you get notoriety as one of those creators is that you create the tension. You know, it's why it's, you know, I mean, so many times we see these outrageous comments. You know, look, this is the reason Joe, Joe Rogan doesn't create all this content because he's trying to help the planet. Joe Rogan creates all this content because... He knows that it's controversial and it's what gets him views and it's what keeps his audience coming back every week. It's it's you know, it's the people who you know, there's that great there's that great, great, great scene in Howard Stern's movie. We've talked about this before, where they come in with the research and they go, you know, the new ratings are in. Yeah, Yeah, the new ratings are in and they go, Great, what is it? And it's like people who love Howard Stern? It's like, yes, well, it's up ten percent. And it's like what the number one reason? I want to see what he's going to say next. And then they go, the people who hate Howard Stern? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, that's up 50%. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, yes, the number one reason, they want to see what he's going to say next. And they listened like, longer. Yeah, I remember. Right, they, and listened they listened way longer, longer right. to him to yeah. see what he's going to and, say next. And that's the, and that's the key, is that, is that you've got to have people who hate Watch to create that villain, that tension that creates the audience that this is why some of the social media platforms are so you know toxic right now is because that's all it is it's about it's about uh tension you know you've got to create tension that's what creates viewership
0: but i gotta tell you i mean it can work by everybody singing the same tune i mean it worked for jim jones i mean it's like i mean you can create a no, cult. you could no. actually
1: oh dear wow is <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible wow. isn't it but it's jim true. jones has entered the chat oh you could gracious. you could just yeah. create a cult and there (laughs) are a number of cults out
0: there that work fairly well
1: you could Um, that's well that is correct that is what they call a niche audience yes that is a niche (laughs) audience absolutely yes you can monetize a niche audience you absolutely can yeah absolutely i can't wait
0: till i can't wait to get the emails this week and and let's say really jim jones grape juice or whatever really yeah okay
1: (laughs) Uh there's a Nike joke there, too, I think. That, uh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: moving on. Oh, man. All right, yeah, moving on. Very quickly here, because we need to get to our rants and raids very quickly. But just quickly here, Tom Brady, uh, the dreamy, wonderful quarterback who's no – longer in uh, contention for a Super Bowl. Uh, basically, he has 170 million reasons to be happy. His new NFT startup raised $170 million. Uh, the new startup, and this comes to us courtesy of Axios Autograph, uh, announced it's raised $170 million. Bucks. Uh, if the dollar amount isn't enough, says Axios, it seems as if every NFT startup is raising money right now. The company is, of course, co-founded in, uh, by Tom Brady. So... Just quickly, I guess you know a quick, quick take, if you will. What do you think? Is this worth thinking about, or do we do we care, or is this like going to change the world, you know, and all this kind of stuff? I I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, pretty minimal when
1: it when it comes to the rest of the other companies that are out there. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Brady.
0: I would put this in perspective. I mean, absolutely could be a success, but this, this feels really, really similar to 2000 and 2001. You had a lot of money available for dot-coms, yeah. internetpets.com, right? You exactly. remember the whole thing. exactly. Oh, yeah. The I su- built some I mean, of those companies. A- absolutely. Actually, you know what? Remember the 2001, I think it was the 2001 Super Bowl. You had the pets.com ad. You had yep. the toys.com ad or something like that, a couple other dot-coms. And then those companies all went away in the next 12 to 18 months. You have not that this is going to happen in crypto, but you've got some. I think it's two or three major companies, crypto companies, that are sponsoring the Super Bowl this year, and they're buying it. So it's you can almost see that history is repeating itself. Now there were a lot of amazing companies that launched during that time. So I'm not saying it's not going to work, but a lot of them are going away. There's just money everywhere for, that's for these right. crypto startups right now, and I guess if you can, if you can take it, that that's great. Good, good for them. But I guess I would just say, I don't know if we're in a bubble right now, but but this is just like every, every other industry that we've seen before and we can learn some things what happened in the past. That's why history is a great teacher. So yeah. that's how I'm looking yeah. at it through
1: that 2000, Well, it, it, it's so words. funny. You took, you took the words right out of my mouth because back in 2000 and 2001, I worked for uh, a big website design company, a company called US Web back in the day and we worked on, you know, and, and here in LA, it was many of those media and entertainment startups that we worked on. You know, there was stamps.com. I don't even remember that. It was going to be of allow you to buy postage stamps online. That, I mean, that was revolutionary back in the day. Yeah, if you can exactly. believe that, you know, and then there was a, there was another one, you know, we worked on mp3.com, you know, which was going to be, Hey, you know, there's this new thing. You can download mp3s from a website. Woo. You know, that won't be commoditized too quickly. Um, You know, and then there was of course all of these celebrity startups they all had one every celebrity had sort of their own startup about whether it was going to be streaming media or whether it was going to be you know this thing or that thing and you had all this money just flowing into these companies to the extent that us web in the day had its own venture arm right where and this is fascinating to me back in the day, because it's actually coming back now, this kind of model where you would trade professional services for stock in the company. In other words, we would take on a project for a new startup company, look at their business plan, this was my job, by the way, in, in, back in the day, was I would read the business plan of the startup, this new dot-com startup, and I would make a judgment about how many hours we would actually give them in terms of professional services to launch their new website, and we would take stock in the company as – you know. and that Did worked you, out oh, about yeah, as well I remember, as you thought yeah, it Yeah, didn't might. you tell me you,
0: you read toys.com, and you said, oh, yep. yeah, sock puppet, this is going to work great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Toys.com. well toys.com actually turned into a, a nice acquisition for somebody I can't remember who. Um, but it was pets.com. Yeah, I read that business plan. Was pet um, which one was the sock know,
0: puppet? Was it pets.com or etoys or what was
1: Pets.com. Pets. Pets.com. pets.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pets.com. Etoys actually was another spectacular failure because it got bought by Toys R Us and then of course Toys R Us went you know it, it went sideways as well. So yeah, so um, so many greats. I mean, if we could share cocktails and do a whole show just on the disasters coming out of dot com. But, uh, People yeah, probably but now like it's time that. for rants and raves. Yeah,
0: I think. <laughs> but I think put that on your put that on a side note. Let's just let's talk about past media and marketing disasters.
1: Oh, just do yeah, that'd be a fun show. show. I got a whole bunch. Of that would be a fun show. There. Yeah, you got yeah, more
0: though. Exactly. You're a little bit older.
1: Now. I got a, I got a lot of the stockcom com startups for sure. For sure I do. Uh, all right. Well, folks, quickly, it is time for our rant and rave section. You know, when Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like uh, we're on a hot mic and we get called uh, an SOB or, you know, the other way around. Um, and so, let's see. Do you want to go first or yeah, shall I go my, first? do mine. Mine
0: is just really quick because I want to get to yours because I think yours is, yours is more interesting. But um,
1: <laughs> as, you, as you know, you, you
0: mean, you sort of know the history, you know, when we were... When I was at Content Marketing Institute, we had an event. I think the first year we did the event, it was called uh, uh, Content Tech. It used to be Intelligent Content Conference. And that first year, we really wanted to kick it off well. And we said, The Martian, the movie, just came out. It was hot with Matt Damon. And we said, let's go get Andy Weir, who's the author. And you remember, it turned out great, right? He was just such a great guy. Everyone learned from him. It was a fantastic closing keynote. I mean, I think it was in... It was in Las Vegas that year, I believe, or I think it was San Francisco or Vegas, whatever. And we're like, oh, this is great. And I read the book, and the book was fantastic. The movie was good. I still do like the movie. Whenever it comes on, I still like to, to watch it. But the book is fascinating and fantastic, and I just fell in love with it. I would say it's probably one of my top 20 books that I enjoy reading. I did not realize that he came out with another book. He came out with an audiobook only. Um which I really liked, which was read, it was read by Rosario Dawson, who's fantastic at audiobooks. But I didn't know he came up with a new book until uh, Mark Maxheimer, who Mark runs uh, education at the Tilt, he said, Joe, did you know Andy Weir had a new book out? I said, No, I had no idea. It's called Project Hail Mary. And I don't know how you are with books, but generally it takes me a while to get into a book. Well, this one, by the first two pages, I was hooked. I'm in, and I read the, and I'm not a quick reader. I read the whole thing and just downed it in a couple days. It was fantastic. So if you like science fiction, um, I I love the he does. I don't want to give anything away, but he does a time perspective. He goes back and forth from past to present and sometimes I don't like the way those work, especially in mystery novels, but this worked out really, really well. So I just wanted to make a recommendation. I'm not getting paid for this at all. This is no referral fee. I'm just saying, Project Hail Mary, <laughs> Andy Weir, if you like science fiction, and if you're a writer, you will appreciate his writing style. And the one thing I just wanted to mention, I thought was interesting, because he made this purposeful. In the, la- in the Martian, there was a lot of... He-, he threw a lot of F-bombs out. It was not a rated G book, if you will. Project Hail Mary, the the main character is an eighth grade science teacher, and he made sp- specific. He tried very hard. And not, there's not one curse word in the entire book, it, even when there could be. The eighth grade teacher says something in replacement of that, so that it's more of like, you know flop you or whatever he says like it's, right, it's like right right it makes so i just thought that was interesting that he made the decision this time to go a little bit broader and make sure that he he could have this be a kids like uh, teenagers would love this book as well so he there you go
1: broaden that audience yeah yeah fantastic interesting yeah no i've it's on my reading list i've it i uh, to to get to because i love the the whole concept of it which i read about I love that concept and and you know and I didn't read too much into it because I didn't want to be spoiled or anything but um, yeah it looks like a fantastic a fantastic book. Um all right so, well yeah, let's see I uh, want to get to yours yeah, what, what do you got? Uh, well uh, you know so here it is I, I I won't spend too much time on it but it but it is it's a bit of a continuation of last week's discussion on surveillance based advertising and tracking and it does feed into everything we were talking about on this show. Um, so, if you didn't see it, uh, the news is that Google has proposed uh, a new way. So, on this show, we've talked about this idea of called Flock, which you know is just the worst name an acronym ever um for something like this uh and and you get it you flock together it's about uh anyway i won't go down that road but but that's not the rant by the way um but basically their new what basically flock was was a alternative to third-party cookies that they've been trying to figure out with the iab and so many other different industry associations the ana and all these folks and sort of getting advertisers to not track users across the internet and develop personally identifiable information and how do you do that? And this Flock idea was basically going to be a sort of a browser extension if you will almost that basically allowed the you know allowed the collection of this data but then didn't, you know, kept it proprietary and all of that and of course marketers Industry associations, privacy advocates, you know, they all threw up in their mouth a little bit about all that stuff and, and said, no, this isn't working and they couldn't make it work and, and all of that. So now they've got a new idea, which is actually better. Um, they call it topics, um, which is going to basically be uh, centering everything around content. In other words, they're going to center everything around looking at content and then applying topics to your history so that when you do targeted advertising, you're basically seeing it targeted to whatever content you've been consuming rather than your personally identifiable information. At its surface, and there's lots of detail to explore here, this seems pretty good to me. I, I feel like it's pretty good. What I wanted to, so th- that's the first thing. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. But what I wanted to rant about a little bit. Was a discussion that 's going on right now um, this courtesy of uh, media Post, which uh, the headline is the ad industry and privacy advocates are sparring over surveillance advertising because as we talked about last week there 's this new bill that 's coming through congress that 's getting sort of written, rewritten you know proposed, and all that sort of stuff there 's google 's flock and then of course there 's everybody from the Federal Trade Commission sort of getting into the fight here. And the ANA, the Association of National Advertisers, has weighed in. And so this article that we'll link to is basically talking about what the arguments of both sides are. And it's just – the rant I have is that I just – I can't understand, you know, if you're going to continue to argue for surveillance-style advertising in today's day and age – you've got to come up with a better argument than consumers want it. And just, you know, that's just not true. Yeah, exactly. It's just flat out untrue, you know? And you can show me study after study that shows that consumers prefer, you know, more relevant advertising than irrelevant advertising. That does not mean that they want their data used in order to provide that relevance. It does. It just means that they want advertising to be better. They don't necessarily want their data to be used to make that advertising better. And so... The, ad, the, the argument that the ANA has put out, and this is a quote, is basically says, you know, consumers receive virtually free access to massive amounts of information online in large part due to the ad-subsidized internet the ANA wrote in a 14-page filing. So they took 14 pages to make this argument. Uh, additionally, thanks to data-driven advertising, consumers are presented with advertisements and messaging that is tailored to them, thereby benefiting consumers by giving them information that is useful and maximizing efficiency in business interactions with their existing and prospective customers that is the most bullshit line i have heard in a long time and i just i can buy there are a couple of arguments that i buy around utilizing personal data to provide better experiences but it all of course depends on the better angels of brands to actually use that data in a better way i.e content marketing so i have come down as any frequent listener to this show will, uh, is the idea that we don't need it. There's plenty of research out there. Uh, Dr. Fu, by the way, who's a fantastic researcher in this space, talks a lot about how actually just general brand advertising and generally presented advertising actually does perform better than programmatic or targeted ads. But that's a whole different argument. But otherwise, I just think that. If we're really gonna lean into this being valuable to consumers as marketers, as advertisers in today's world and actually deliver things that people value and people want and actually get into this idea of content and actually do provide personal experiences, it's yet another argument for first party data. But arguments like this don't help. Don't help our industry. It doesn't help our industry appear to be trying to be helpful. It doesn't make our industry look like we care. All it does is make us look like we're trying to continue. And the thing that it reminds me of so much, speaking of 1996 and Web 1.0, it is is sort of it's the same argument that the phone companies and what we'll link to in the show notes and I'll, I'll, is, is a 1996 article um, that basically speaks to uh, the idea of of all of this um, uh, newfangled technology called the internet. And basically it's this link to this article that talks about the headline is, Telephone Industry Moves to Ban Internet Phone Software. So imagine this article appearing today, right? Where, Mm -hmm. and this is a quote from the article. America's Carriers Telecommunications uh, Association, the ACTA, which is, of course, the association for uh, a trade group uh, representing small and long distance companies. This is in 1996. Well, they positioned the federal communications, the FCC, to stop software firms from selling programs that create a voice pipeline between two companies on the Internet. Can you imagine, Joe, these programs, these newfangled programs, let their users talk to anyone on the Internet without paying a long-distance fee. Absolutely crazy. That's they crazy. can actually, for the cost of a local call, both parties can even use video to actually speak to each other over this new thing called the Internet. At the moment... Only 20,000 to 50,000 people worldwide are using this new technology and none of the competing software packages sold by companies, uh, and they name a few companies here. But Mark Andreessen, Netscape Corporation's technology guru, said his Mountain View-based company will make a computer-to-computer voice capability a standard feature in their new Netscape browser. Blah, 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 blah. This is right where we are. We're right back in 1996 again. So... That's what I just think we need to think about what is beneficial for our customer and how does technology help advance that. And we can do it.
0: That's a great point. And I think the other thing we forget is that for the most part, this issue is important to big consumer companies that have a lot of ads. Of course. Most businesses target very specific people in very specific ways. Not through broad advertising programmatic decisions like this, so it's just funny how that's right. Because, I mean, obviously, they're spending a lot of money on the hill and whatever to do exactly what you, you're saying that they want to do. So, whatevs, yeah, go yeah. Buy, well, including go the buy A&M, media right? from small, yeah. go support your small media company and content entrepreneur by their sponsorships.
1: That's what you should do. There it is, yeah, there it is, yeah. there it is. Target the audiences that are targeting. Uh, your companies and you'll and do the work and you'll be fine
0: you know it's fun. just it reminds me of something i i read a, a book the other day um uh, actually i think it was called boys boys life by robert mccammon and and his dad this was in the 50s his dad was a milkman and there was a comment like i can't believe that anyone would go to a store to get milk yeah right exactly you know when you <laughs> yeah. think about it you're like yeah i'm sure back then It was like when when this grocery store opened and you had to go get your milk at a store, you thought it was the craziest thing ever because it was delivered.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Crazy. All right. What's up for you this week, my friend?
0: What is up for me this week? Uh, I have a lot on on my, you know, I talked to you before the show. I'm selling sponsorships for Creator Economy Expo. It's like I'm back in 2011 it's nuts <laughs> but no i'm actually it's fun because i'm learning about companies i normally would have never known like i the like the influencer company i talked to i would have never talked to somebody about what they're going through and it's really helped me kind of learn what's going on in the creator economy uh, or content yeah. entrepreneur economy as you well put it so what do you have going on uh, this week
1: uh, you know we're we're uh, working on some deliverables for some clients and <clears throat> I've got a new, uh, you know, speaking of influencer, I guess, I'm working with a, a new software company and I'm working on a new show uh, to help them launch a new sort of uh, interesting show on content marketing and, and that sort of thing. So I've been working on that new show and I'm excited about that, more, more on that in a couple of weeks um, as it gets launched. Um, but uh, yeah, just working, 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 work, working, work, 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 working, working, work, 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 work. Yeah, scotch, football championship
0: scotch, weekend. Football, yeah, yep.
1: exactly that will be interesting. Yeah. So, that's no Browns and no Cowboys, right. but what are you going to do? Yeah, no Browns, no Cowboys, go Bengals, go Rams. Yeah, I'm actually
0: Holy I'm God. actually starting to root for the Cleveland Cavs this year. They they, they ah, they're going to make the playoffs. This is crazy.
1: Are you keeping up with all this uh, hubbub about the baseball Hall of Fame and all that stuff? No,
0: I'm not. But uh, yeah. I guess I should. Should I do this? I
1: I don't know much about baseball at all. All I heard was that there was some controversy around the baseball hall of fame and the and the uh the number of people admitted. I guess only um uh one person one got I
0: did well I did hear that I think this was the last year Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens would be on the list and of course they were right. sort of blackballed rightfully exactly. or not for, yeah. for
1: the whole Royds thing. But that's the that, apparently that's the controversy. Oh, so, so, yeah,
0: got yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I have to pay better attention. You're you're starting to know more about my
1: sports than I know. I'm, it's bothering. Yeah, me. I you know I just I I, I don't <laughs> follow baseball that much at all. Anyway, all right, all right, all right, everybody, we are signing off. Uh, and uh, in the meantime. Remember, hashtag us up. Thank you, by the way, for all the story ideas through the hashtag. Uh, hashtag this old marketing on the tweeter. Um, and also you can email us. Um, and also just to throw it out there, you know, just know that at uh, this old And remember, that's our wonderful little website, thisoldmarketing.site, There is that wonderful audio capability as well. You want to just like speak at us or yell at us or whatever. Go over there and lead us an audio message. That's kind of fun. Um, and if and it's good anyway, enough, just we can put us, it on the show. You never know if it's good enough. Maybe you never. You never know. You never. Never. You just never, never know. Until then, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on this old.